Thank you, and um, good evening. <laughs> it's lovely to be here. I, um, some of you that um, have come here for a while and know, uh, know me know that I don't often make it here without going wrong or getting delayed and winding Anne up significantly because she's always worried when I'm late. So I've brought my friend Mads with me this evening who drove me here and got me here brilliantly first time. Uh, on time, probably for the first time in about five or six years. So thank you, friends. <laughs> Anne's very grateful about Mads. For those of you that don't know me, um, I'm married to uh, a vicar in Cheltenham, Tim, and I have four children, um, one of whom has sort of left home but wants to come back, two, <laughs> two who are at university and one who is still um, at home doing his A-levels. I have three sons and a daughter. And I'm one of those sad women that after years and years of having sons at home, I get particular pleasure from pulling out a wash load and finding two socks that match. <laughs> it's one of my great joys in life. Um, so I, has anybody here had any Christmas invitations yet? Christmas is approaching. Somebody here will be able to tell us how many shopping days there are left till Christmas. We've just um, printed out our, our Christmas invitations as a church to, for people to hand out to their friends for our creative evening, that kind of thing. And uh, Christmas is a time where lots of invitations are going around um, all over the place for different things. And uh, God is a God of invitation, isn't he? He's a God who invites us all the time uh, into all kinds of different things. And one of his beautiful invitations that I love so much is um, to humankind, to, to, to all of us, in Isaiah 55, where he invites us to come, to come all who are thirsty to come all who are hungry. In other words, if you're feeling in need, if you're feeling desperate, if there's a longing deep within you, if there's something sort of rising up that isn't satisfied and you want more or you want help, if you want something that God can give you, he invites us to come in Isaiah 55. That will be a passage that is familiar to many of you. Oh dear, is that a bulb that's gone or is that just mood lighting? <laughs> um, he invites us to come. And then... The sort of second half of that invitation is not actually to come and eat, literally, although the, the prophet uses those words. He invites us to come and listen. The invitation is to come and listen to him. Listen, listen to me, and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. He says, listen to me so that you will live. God makes this incredible invitation and this incredible connection between listening to him and life. And uh, whether that passage is familiar or not, the passage in John 10 where Jesus talks about being the gate for the sheep, talking about the sheep, make, he makes a very similar connection. The passage that we'll look, up at, look at in a minute, you know, he's talking about his sheep, knowing his voice and following him. And uh, the bit of the passage that we're probably most familiar with is verse 10, where Jesus says, I've come that, we may, that you may have life, that you may have life in all its fullness. But that, that promise that we cling on to so often, it's on the fridge magnets, you know, it's on the posters, it's on the stickers, it's on the cards, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite promises of his. It's sandwiched in between uh, this passage or in between the sections of this passage where he's talking about the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep and the sheep listening to his voice. Jesus makes the same connection, that fullness of life, life in all its fullness, is connected to listening to the voice of God. It hinges on us hearing. The quality of life that we experience with God 
and therefore the quality of, of life that we experience in so many different contexts hinges on us hearing his voice. I wonder when you last heard the voice of God. So if you're here, I mean, you know, I'm sure you've seen the title. I'm sure most of us here, if not all of us here, have a longing to hear God more or to hear God's voice at all. I think it's one of the deep sort of desires that, that, that is stirred up within us when we, when we come into this relationship with him. Actually, I think, there's a, I think lots of people want to hear God's voice, whether they know him or not, you know, almost whether they believe in him or, or not. And we are here this evening, we worship a God who's alive. There is no other God that speaks. There's no other God that speaks. There's no other God that is worshipped across the face of the earth that speaks. Jesus is alive. I was in Israel um, a number of years ago, and uh, actually a long time ago, and I went to the garden tomb, and there's this beautiful little sign above the, the tomb doorway, and it says, he is not here, he is risen. The reason he speaks is because he's alive. He is risen. And uh, we are invited into a relationship with him where we can hear his voice. So I'm going to talk this evening uh, briefly uh, about three different aspects of hearing God's voice. I think many of us are used to hearing God speak to us through other people. You know, I've got, as I've said, I've got three sons. Uh, my middle son is the tallest. He's six foot two. He's just gone off to university. I've been clearing out his room and uh, looking at some of his clothes that are actually now too small for him. His trousers are a bit short. His shirt sleeves are a bit short. You know, jumpers are a bit tight. And uh, deciding what to do with them. I've offered a few of them to uh, number three son, who's actually my youngest child, uh, Joshy. And uh, they don't fit him. Because whilst Joshi has uh, sort of grown into a young man, he's 17 now, he's only five foot ten and a half. The half is very important. <laughs> but he's only five foot ten and a half, and these clothes don't fit him. And when he was younger, and they were growing up, and the clothes were being passed down, you know, the hand-me-downs fitted. They don't anymore. And uh, he's ready for his own clothes. You know, I need to go on a shopping trip with him and get some, you know, trousers that fit him. You know, he's, he's grown up, he's ready for his own clothes. And I think many of us are used to having other people's hand-me-down revelation from God. We come to church and we hear a great speaker and that speaker, you know, will share something because they've been listening to God or whatever and, and we hear God speak to us through them or we hear what God said to them. And sometimes I think we can think, gosh, there's something special about them. You know, they've got some kind of hotline or, you know, they're different and we can put them in a different category or we listen to some great podcasts or read some great books and we tend to think that, that you know, God speaks to those kind of people but not to me. And we can become dependent on, on other people's hand-me-downs, as it were, what they hear from God. And uh, God uses other people definitely to speak to us. But there's an innate desire within each of us to hear God's voice for ourselves, isn't there? You know, I can see lots of you nodding. To hear his voice for ourselves, to hear what God wants to say to me, to hear what God is saying to me. And uh, it's a privilege and a priority to hear God's voice for ourselves. God wants to speak to you. He, I, I believe he wants to speak to you this evening. And he wants to speak to you and to me every day and not just through somebody else. So if you've got a Bible, I'm just going to read a few verses from, chapter, uh, from John chapter 10. It's a great passage. I'm going to pick out three little things from it. Um, no doubt the techie whiz at the back will get it up on the screen. Um, if you haven't got a Bible... I'm going to read from John chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 1. This is Jesus speaking to uh, his followers. I tell you the truth. The man who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but cl climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. 
The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And then going on in verse 7, I tell you the truth, Jesus is saying, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Then we get the bit about the, the, um, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And then um, going on to verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will what? They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So Jesus is talking about this beautiful relationship between the shepherd, that's him, and the sheep, that's us. And uh, in particular, this kind of connection between them that is all linked to hearing his voice. So I want to pull out just three kind of headlines that I believe this passage is pointing to about requirements, as it were, for hearing the voice of God. Requirements for growing, as it were, or being able to listen to the voice of God. How we grow, as it were, in hearing his voice or requirements for that connection. And the first one is this, relationship, very simple, relationship. To hear God's voice, we must be in relationship with him. Now, I'm sure in one sense that that's fairly obvious, but we talk about relationship, about being in relationship with God. But one of the core uh, essentials to a healthy relationship of any sort is communication, isn't it? It's being, you know, if I went out for coffee with my friend Mads tomorrow and we sat there and neither of us spoke to each other, you know, it wouldn't be a particularly uh, beautiful relationship. The way I get to know her is by listening to her. The way she gets to know me is by listening to me. And Jesus is talking about the fruit of relationship. If you look in verse 3 and verse 4, he says, I call my own sheep. Why do they follow me? Because they recognize my voice. It's a picture of belonging. In ancient Israel, a shepherd would have a number of sheep. And they were kind of particularly um, efficient in the way they, they organized themselves. And a number of shepherds would kind of club together and share a common, ex- uh, a common enclosure at night time. And so, so, you know, 10 shepherds, for example, would bring their, their 100 sheep each. And that they would, they would put them in this uh, shared enclosure so they'd have a thousand sheep in there. And then one shepherd, you know, really efficient way of doing things. One shepherd would lie down across the gate at night to look after the sheep. And the other nine would go off and have a good night's sleep. And then, you know, they kind of rotate it like that. And in the morning, all the shepherds would turn up at the enclosure. And uh, each shepherd would call out his sheep. And, you know, the particular hundred or however many that one shepherd have had those sheep would know his voice and they would follow their shepherd out of the pen but none of the others would follow because they knew his voice so well and Jesus is tapping into this incredible picture uh, that the people would have would have got in that in that day of the sheep knowing the voice of their shepherd but the sheep had to belong 
The sheep had to belong, and it's, this, it's the simplicity and the beauty of relationship with him. But whilst that may be obvious, it's also, for somebody like me, unbelievably encouraging. Because whilst hearing his voice is a promise only, actually, to those who are in relationship with him, God is gracious and will speak to us even before you know, we're in relationship with him. God can speak to anybody he wants to. It's only a promise for those who are in relationship with him. Because the criteria for hearing God's voice is about belonging to him, that means if you belong to him, you can hear his voice. It's that simple. If you belong to him, if you're in relationship with God through Jesus, his son, you can hear his voice. Because that's the point of this passage. The sheep hear his voice. Not they might do. Not they could do if they tried really hard. Not, you know, some do, some don't. All the sheep that belong to the shepherd hear his voice. And I don't know about you, but I think it's really easy to fall for that kind of trap of thinking, mm, it's the people on the platform, or it's the people who wrote the book, or it's, you know, it's my friend who always seems to hear God's voice, or it's the super spiritual people, or I've been a really rubbish Christian and I'm not doing very well at my relationship with the Lord at the moment. You know, it's not me that's going to hear his voice, it's somebody else. And the great, you know, I think the best news about this passage is sheep hear the shepherd's voice. And sheep are pretty unintelligent, unspectacular animals, in my view anyway. I'm sure there's a few sheep lovers here that I've just offended. But, you know, the sheep are stupid. They're known for their stupidity. I'm sure that's why Jesus picked them. You don't have to be clever. You don't have to be sophisticated. You don't have to be gifted to hear his voice. You have to belong to him. And if you belong to him, you can hear his voice. It's not a reward. God doesn't speak to us as a reward for being good Christians. You know, that's back to religion. You know, it's somehow dependent on me. Jesus speaks to his sheep. And if you're a sheep, you can hear his voice. And uh, I don't know, the Holy Spirit, you know, we all know that the Holy Spirit comes to live in us when we become Christians. And, you know, if you're in any doubt about this, the Holy Spirit... Um, he is the one that enables us when we become Christians. He is the one that enables us to hear his voice. That's why he comes and lives within us, because he enables us to hear his voice. It's a bit like having a little sort of, you know, bug, a sensor put in your ear. You know, that's what the Holy Spirit does when we become Christians. He gives us that capacity to hear the voice of God. So if you have the Holy Spirit living within you, because you belong to Jesus, you have that little thing in your ear that enables you to hear his voice. So hearing his voice hinges on being, relationship, in being, on being in relationship with the shepherd. About, it hinges on belonging to him. It's crucial if we want to hear his voice. Secondly, it requires recognition. We have to learn to recognize his voice. There is a difference between being in relationship and being able to hear his voice and recognizing his voice. I'm sure most of us have got mobiles here. When your mobile goes, it tells you, doesn't it, before you pick it up, who's on the other end. Landlines are a bit different. You know, you don't know who's calling, do you, before you pick up the phone. But I'm sure all of us here have certain people in our lives that when we pick up the phone and, they, and that person at the other end says hi, you know who it is. Yeah? 
And they don't have to give you their name. They don't have to announce who they are. I have one friend who loves to try and, you know, pretend that he's the man from the Chinese laundry or from the undertaker service or whatever. He loves to try and catch us out. But actually, we know him so well, you know, it doesn't work. We can hear a voice and not know whose it is. Or we can hear a voice and know exactly whose it is. And I think one of the kind of really strange things in one sense about God is that we can hear God's voice and actually not know that it's God, which slightly messes with my head, actually, because I kind of think that, you know, if God's going to speak, it's going to have trumpets and fireworks and, you know, a fanfare around it. But we can actually hear God's voice and not know that it's God speaking because we have to learn to recognize his voice just like we have to learn to recognize everyone else's. This verse here, it's from the book of 1 Samuel. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Samuel was one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. He was a very godly man. He was the one who God used to bring back his word to his people. But Samuel's story starts off when he was a young boy and he heard God speaking to him in the night, calling his name, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. But Samuel didn't recognize God's voice. He thought it was the priest. He, went, he called out to the guy he was living with, Eli, and said, what do you want? Eli said, well, I didn't call you. That must be God's voice. So he was one of the greatest prophets of all times. You know, top-notch track record by the end of his life of, of hearing God's voice. But at the beginning, he didn't recognize it. He didn't recognize the voice of God. So recognition, you know, working at recognition, recognizing the voice of God really matters. It makes a difference. How do we grow in learning to recognize God's voice, I'm just going to say a few things, a few practical things. First, reading the Bible. I know that's probably really obvious, but I think it's worth saying over and over again. The more you read the Bible, the more I read the Bible, the more likely we are to recognize God's voice. You know, God speaks to us through his word. When his spirit breathes on his word, you know, you get that sense that you're suddenly reading something that was written for you. Do you know that? Do you know that sense? Some of you, yeah, no? You just can't get away from the fact that that verse, it really applies to something in my life. That's God speaking. That's not a coincidence. You know, a number of years ago, um, my husband was going somewhere for an interview. We were going to have to move. I opened my Bible for the day to, to read uh, my reading. It was in John 15. And I was asking God, you know, are, we, you, know, are you in this? Is this from you? What are we, are we going to move? I don't want to move, that kind of thing. And my reading for the day was uh, John 15. I've appointed you to go, to go and bear fruit. And I knew God was saying, Jesus was saying, the shepherd was saying to me, the little sheep, I've appointed you to go. I wanted to ignore it because I didn't want to go. But I just knew in that Noah place, we've all got that Noah. It's not up here. It's in here somewhere that God was speaking. He speaks through his word. Therefore, the more we read his word, the more likely we are to hear him speaking. And the other thing about when we read the Bible, I just want to say this because I'm really, you know, I'm really passionate about it. We can read the Bible for all kinds of reasons. I want to say to you, the main reason to read the Bible is not to discover how God wants you to live, but to discover his heart, to discover his heart for you and his heart for his world and his heart for the people around you. If you read the Bible and your desire and your aim in reading it is to get to know God's heart, you will begin to discover dimensions of his nature and his character that will enable you to hear his voice more clearly. Read the Bible to get to know the God of the Bible 
and it will help you to know his voice. So read the Bible. It helps us to learn to recognize, to become better at recognizing his voice. Second thing I want to say is ask questions. Ask questions. I'm a real fan of asking God questions because when we ask somebody, whether it's a friend or if it's God questions, we position ourselves to hear a response. That's a regular prayer of mine. Lord, please speak to me. I'm sitting next to what somebody. Speak to me about this person. What do you want me to say to them? How do you want me to encourage them? You know, if I'm, if I'm out for coffee with my friend, I will ask her questions about her life because it helps me to sort of to position myself to hear what she's got to say. It actually invites her to speak. When we ask God questions, we invite him to speak. When I read the Bible, I ask God, what do you want me to do with this? What does this mean for my life? What are you saying to me here? What does this tell me about you? You know, what do you want me to learn? Ask God questions and he will speak to you. When you're facing a situation that you're unsure about, how quick are you to say to God, what do I do here? What do I do here? What do you want to show me? What do you want me to see? When you're praying for somebody, do you ever say to God, how do you want me to pray for this person? You know, is there anything you want, me, want to show me for them so I can encourage them? When you're beginning your day, do you say to God, what do you want me to learn about you today? You know, what, what things do you want to put across my path today? What do, you want me to sh- what do you want to show me about yourself today? Ask God questions. Jesus says, when we ask, we will receive. I can remember the first time I heard God's voice um, in that sort of inner place. And I was walking along a street in my university town. And I was saying to God, I've been praying for six months about, you know, asking you to show me whether I should marry this guy that was what I'd been praying show me God if he's right for me and you haven't shown me why haven't you shown me my my sort of frustration turned into a question why haven't you shown me Lord whether I should marry you know whether this chap's the right one for me that was my question walking down the road in the dark and I just knew that what I heard in my spirit was the Lord speaking to me and he just said when I said why haven't you shown me that he's the right person for me he just said because he's not And for six months, I'd been praying, Lord, show me, show me, show me. And he waited for me to ask him a question. And then he responded. You know, how good are you at asking your shepherd questions? What do you want to know? You know, he wants you to ask. Ask and we will receive. Learn to include questions or, you know, include more questions if you do in your day-to-day walk with him. So read the Bible. Ask questions. Thirdly, Learn to listen or, or, or challenge yourself to grow in listening to the still, small voice. You know, many of, many of us know the story of Elijah. And, you know, he goes up onto the mountainside for God to speak to him. And God sends an earthquake and he sends fire and he sends wind. And the Bible says God's voice wasn't in any of those things. It was in the still, small whisper. Well, the thing about whispers is you can easily miss them, can't you? We can easily miss whispers. How good are you at learning to listen to the the still, small voice? Again, you know, speaking from my own experience, when I became a Christian and, you know, in the early years of longing to hear God's voice, I used to expect that it would come like as a sonic boom because it was God, you know, the God of the universe, the God who flung the stars into space. You know, who could miss God? So if God spoke to me, well, it was going to be obvious. It was going to come like a sonic boom that I absolutely couldn't miss. 
And it was a revelation to me when I learned to begin to recognize the still, small voice that could so easily be missed. And I am willing to bet, you know, if I was rich, I'd bet lots and lots of money on the fact that every single one of us in here has heard the voice of God regularly, much more than we think we have, but we've dismissed it because it's that little whisper that we think is insignificant or, oh, that's just me. How good are you at paying attention to the little whispers that might land in your spirit? I like to think of um, sort of, you know, we've talked about the Holy Spirit who lives within us. That's where we hear God's voice on the inside, not on the outside out there. He can speak like that audibly out there in a kind of really radical kind of way. But most of the time he speaks to us, his sheep, in in the still small voice, and it happens inside. It's that inside voice because the Holy Spirit is living inside us. I like to think about it um, as, as, as a sort of a little room inside me. We're, and this room, this space, is, is a place where I can hear my own thoughts. So my own thoughts, my own voice goes on in there. Sometimes I can hear the enemy's voice in there. And, some, and that's where the Holy Spirit will speak. You know, some people think about it a bit like a screen that can have different pictures projected onto it. The pictures that I project myself from my own mind or pictures that the enemy might project if I'm really sort of agitated or stirred up about stuff or pictures that the Holy Spirit might project. He uses that same place to speak to us as where we hear our own thoughts and the thoughts from the enemy's kingdom when we're afraid or we're anxious or whatever. And recognizing the voice of God is learning, you know, through practice, to distinguish the difference between them. What I've learned is that the more I'm focused on Jesus or the more intentional I am about paying attention to him or asking questions or praying, I've learned to pay attention to what happens in that little space or in that little room in those moments. A number of years ago, we were praying about, we had to take one of our kids out of school because my husband's job changed and uh, we tried to find a place at the local school f- uh, for him to go and there was no space. And so we were a bit flummoxed. We were going to have to move him in the summer. There weren't many weeks left to find, um, find somewhere for him to, be, um, to carry on his primary school education. So I was sitting in my prayer chair one day and I was praying. I was saying, Lord, what do we do about this? And I was praying for my son. And I suddenly noticed the name of a school in my head or in my little you know, space that hadn't been there before. And I've, I'm, I've been learning. I'm learning to pay attention to That wasn't there a few minutes ago. I'm praying. I'm focusing on the Lord. Maybe that's from him. I didn't know where this school was, but I went and told my husband. Turned out the school was, I mean, I am a bit sad about geography in Cheltenham, but turned out the school was literally a five-minute walk from our front door. So my husband said, well, maybe that was the Lord, because we'd never even, that thought had never crossed our minds. He went to the school and uh, found that there was a place there, and God made it possible for him quite miraculously to attend Learn to pay attention to those little thoughts that are suddenly there, those spontaneous thoughts that are suddenly there when you're focusing on the Lord, when you're asking him to speak to you, when you're praying, when you're wanting to encourage somebody, whatever. When your heart is directed to or, inten- or focused on God and on Jesus, so often what, is, what we find bouncing around as it were in there is actually the voice of the Holy Spirit. But we've got to learn to recognize that and take notice of it, capture it a bit like a butterfly, and um, 
put it to the test. So relationship is absolutely key. Recognition, we need to learn to recognize his voice. And then we need to make a response. You know, the sheep follow, don't they? They hear his voice and they follow. And hearing, listening to God, always requires a response. And uh, the more we respond, the more we learn whether that was God or not. You know, listening to God, hearing his voice, learning to recognize it requires as much practice as anything else in life. Samuel got better at recognizing God's voice because he practiced. He did something with what he heard. And it's no different for us. And practice means it's allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to make mistakes. Because God loves us so much that actually if, we're, if we've got the right heart and we're seeking to be obedient to something we think he's been saying, and actually it's not the Lord, he's not going to let you suffer for that. Because he wants you to get better at hearing his voice. Because it enriches our relationship and our life with him. And the thing is, if we don't respond to what we think we might be hearing him saying, actually it gets harder and harder to hear his voice. I think there's a spiritual principle there. God is always saying, don't harden your hearts. We keep our hearts soft by responding to what we think he might be saying. We have a lady in our church who, um, a number of years ago, she's been a missionary to China for a lot of her life. She grew up in a Christian family, turned her back on the Lord as um, a young teenager. And uh, she, she tells her story that when she was 17, she was in her bedroom one night and she just really felt this tugging at her heart. Christine, Christine, you know, will you give your life to me? And uh, the last time, or not the last time, but I suppose it was the last time she heard that voice. She then, you know, felt the Holy Spirit say she couldn't get away from the fact that this, this thought, but it was God speaking to her, was saying, if you don't respond this time, you won't hear me next time and it was God saying to her and you know that was the point at which she gave her life back to him which she came back to him you know God was saying to her it's not I'm not going to speak to you anymore it's that you won't hear me because you will have ignored me you know so many times that wasn't a threat it was just an encouragement the more we listen to God the more we're likely to hit the more we do something with what we think we're hearing the more likely we are to hear his voice again because we're practicing we're willing to take a risk so a little question for you. What are you doing with what you are hearing, what you believe God is saying to you? Do you know what God's talking to you about at the moment? When did you last hear his voice? What are you doing with what he's saying to you? You know, if you feel he's encouraging you in a particular way, are you choosing to take a bit, you know, take a bit more of a risk in a particular area? Are you choosing to respond to uh, a step that he's taking, encouraging you to take? Are you choosing to stop worrying about something that you think he might be encouraging you to trust him with? When he speaks, he requires a response. You know, his sheep follow when they hear his voice. Do you know, Jesus loved us enough to die for us. We all believe that. Well, speaking to us is like a no-brainer. You know, that's nothing by comparison. He loves us enough to speak to us every day. It's the relationship with us that he died for. A living you know, a living, rich relationship of hearing our voices as we communicate with him, but us hearing his voice. And as we hear his voice and as we pay attention to it and as we respond to it, we prosper. You know, that's what happens to sheep, isn't it? They prosper, they're protected as they hear his voice. They need to, they need to hear his voice for their survival and for their thriving. And as they respond to his voice and as they follow 
his voice. You know, those sheep, they, they live well, don't they? They find green pasture. They find places to rest. They're looked after. They get to where they, you know, need to be. Jesus knows what you need to hear. He's your good shepherd. Yeah, he knows what I need to hear. The question is, are we listening? Are we listening? Do we want to press in and grow in learning to recognize his voice more and more effectively like this chap, Samuel? And how good are we at responding to what we think might be him so that we can discover, you know, as we step out on that, that it was him and uh, grow in our ability to discern his voice from the other voices that we hear. So that's my bit for now. I prayed about what we would do next because um, this lovely team always ask me uh, whether our, uh, what we do next and I'm really bad at replying. <laughs> so they leave it to me and um, actually this evening I just felt God say we could do, I did contemplate us doing a prayer activity where we can all listen to God's voice for ourselves but actually I felt God say no you're gathered together, you know I want you to, to listen Listen to me, do some practice in recognizing his voice, but with each other, 